0: Welcome,
1: everyone, to Monster, Dear Monster, a podcast about uh, monster exploration. I'm uh, Leonard, a.k.a. Dr. Faust is Dead, and I'm joined today, uh, as always, with Dave. How's it going? And Cameron. Hello. And, uh... And we're, uh, we're doing something a little different today. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in... <laughs> I think we should have been doing, in... but, uh... <laughs> <in the past. laughs> <laughs> uh, uh instead of covering one big piece of monster related media we are each individually tackling uh three separate uh pieces of media uh related to the same sort of monster and uh Dave that would be the struggle or uh, uh
2: that one of them yes <laughs>
1: What uh? What tax? What monster taxonomy are taxonomy taxology? Taxonomy are we covering? <laughs> are we covering today?
2: I don't even think these fall under the same umbrella. Uh, yeah. So mm. basically, what we're doing is last episode, um, we decided that uh, the the topic at hand split into a few different monsters. And this is taking a a deeper look at how those monsters um, are in, well, it's not even current day, uh, relatively (laughs) current popular culture. So uh, we have the Strigoi, Revenants, Ghouls, and the Bargeist. So Mm -hmm. uh, three of those things are pretty related. The, the um, <laughs> the ghoul of course is is not i mean sorry the bargeist. Mm. yeah
3: <laughs> it's a,
1: it's a little different but
2: yeah. it's, it's a little bit different still
1: spooky. uh so yes so they're all v- v- vaguely undeadish yeah. z- not exactly ma- magically magically inclined zombie-ish creatures for today i would say would, yeah, would yeah. label it.
3: Yeah, um, Honestly, uh, my my example, although Bargeist is a bit different, does actually fit under that category pretty well. So,
2: yeah. Yes. <laughs> Potentially all previously Potentially dead things. Less. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, things so that we'll, once
0: lived. <laughs> it's kind of
3: undead? I don't know. <laughs> I know. Look, it's Harry. It comes from Barovia. What more do you want? <laughs>
1: Uh, So, yeah, we'll be tackling uh, three pieces of media. Uh, Cameron, you'll be taking uh, Uh,
3: a short film called Fear of Hugh the Bargeist uh, from 2016.
1: I will be taking uh, the Lovecraft short story The Outsider. And Dave will be covering
2: The Monster Club from
0: 1981.
2: (laughs)
1: It's a film. <laughs> uh, uh, And Cameron will lead us off. But before we actually start talking about things that once lived, uh, we have to uh, <laughs> talk about the yokai of the week.
0: Da, 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 da.
1: <laughs> uh, and uh, we're combining uh, U and W today, right, Dave?
0: <laughs>
3: Yeah. Yes. So it's U really um, w. it's really
1: triple U. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should you should really feel bad about that, Cameron. I, I do. I bad. feel very bad. Yeah. That was uh, at nightmare. least I didn't say we're
3: covering uwu. Yes. But... <laughs> except for you just did. Thanks.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: It's a curse. It's a curse. Oh what? What's this? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make that. And title. uh.
0: <laughs> I'm lose all of
2: our listeners.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: All right. So before before Cameron can make any more terrible jokes <laughs> or puns, Dave, roll them. All right. Nine. What are we looking at? Nine.
3: Oh, all the way through. Three. Wait, I lost count. The Wani, I think, just
2: should be crocodile. the Wani. We're gonna redo that. It's just a crocodile.
3: Sure. Oh, it's got its own page. Does he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's got a very big page, actually. Um, oh my god. <laughs> oh, look. yeah. That is. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead. <laughs> fine. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, so Wani was a dragon or sea monster from Japanese mythology. Um it's often also translated as crocodile or sometimes shark uh cuz zame means shark uh wani first occurs in two ancient japanese mytho histories circa 680 ce kojiki and circa 720 ce nihongi they write wani with the manyogana phonetic translation so i guess they're taking the the term over from the chinese language um yes Yeah, it's used several times as a proper name for a Confucianist scholar and as a sea monster in two contexts. Um, Let's see. In the White Hair of Inaba fable, the gods try and fail to help a shiro, a naked hairless hare that they found crying on a beach. But the deity, great name possessor, who came last of all, saw the hare and said, Why last thou weeping? The hare replied, saying, I was in the island of Oki and wished to cross over to this land, but had no means of crossing over. For this reason, I deceived the crocodiles of the sea, saying, let you and me compete and compute the numbers of our respective tribes. So do you go and fetch every member of your tribe and make them all lie in a row across from this island to Cape Cater. Then I will tread on them and count them as I run across. Hereby shall we know whether it or my tribe is the larger. Upon my speaking thus, they were deceived and lay down in a row, and I trod on them and counted them as I came across. I was just about to get on land when I said, you have been deceived by me. really announce it Um, (laughs) (laughs) I tricked you suckers I know right (laughs) Uh, as soon as I had finished speaking says the hare the crocodile who laid the last of all seized me and stripped me of all my clothing as I was weeping and lamenting for this reason the 80 deities who went by before you commanded and exhorted me saying bathe in the salt water and lie down exposed to the wind (laughs) So am I doing as they had instructed me. My whole body was hurt.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Uh,
3: Not not a very nice thing to do uh, to the poor, hairless hair. (laughs) Uh, That was the white hair of Anaba, which is now called the hair deity. (laughs)
0: Uh,
3: That was interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so um, that, that's a really familiar story as well. I'm sure I've heard some kind of take on that one before. Yeah. So getting all the yeah. crocodiles to lie
1: down to cross a river. Yeah. <laughs> it also falls into the look how clever the hair is, except for when yes. they're, they're they're not actually done accomplishing their task, and they're mm. like, ha, 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 I tricked you. Oh, no, there's one last <laughs> crocodile. Hell. <laughs> Who could have guessed <laughs> uh, the, uh, the hairs are always so full of themselves in these mm. in these folklore stories. Oh yeah, absolutely <laughs> but never they do never seem to come out well. It's true. No. Uh. <laughs> and I just kind of like the daddies also mm. just like, yeah, just bathe in yeah, just bathe in the ocean and lie out in the wind yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that'll
3: yeah. take That's care fair. of it. Yeah, it's fine. You've been stripped of all your skin, but whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Who would like to take the next Wani-related story?
1: Uh, I'll go ahead and take that. Uh, The second Wani is, uh, uh, is a fundamental theme in the myth of the demigod brothers Horai and Hodari. Uh, the sea god. Uh, what's uh, what Watsuma- what? Nami, Wadasumi. And... Yeah, Watsumi. or Rijun, Rijun. Yeah, R- Rai-jun? Rai-jun?
3: yeah regional. regional. Yeah, regional,
1: regional. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently, they summon together all of the. Crocodiles and chose one to escort his pregnant daughter. Not really. Okay, yeah. Toyotama Himi and her mm-hmm. husband Hori from uh, Ryujin Palace back to the land soon after, soon after their arrival. The beautiful. Uh, Toya Tamahimi made a bizarre request concerning concerning her shape shifting into a wani. Then, when she was about to be delivered, she spoke to her husband saying, "Whenever a foreigner is about to be delivered, she takes the shape of her native land to be delivered." So now I will take my native shape to be delivered. Pray, look not upon me. Always, always Mm. good advice uh, for delivery. Um, Mm. (laughs) Hereupon uh, his augustness, fire subside, thinking these words strange, stealthily peaked, peaked, (laughs) Definitely peaked at the very moment of delivery when she turned into a a crocodile eight fathoms long. (laughs) It's a big crocodile. Yeah. I don't think the looking was the thing that was going to give you away at that point. Um, And crawled and writhed about. He, for terrified at the sight, fled away. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, 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 then her Augustness uh luxuriant jewel princess um knew that he had peeped and she felt ashamed and straight away leaving the August uh the August child which she born, she said I had wished oh yes, I had wished a way to come and go across the sea path, but Thy having peeped at my real shape makes me very shamefaced, and she forthwith closed the sea boundary and went down
0: again.
3: Um, don't don't peep at your crocodile
1: wife, I guess. <laughs> don't don't peep at your sh- shape shifting wife while she's giving birth. It's oh. a bad it's a bad scene. Once okay, again, that, eight yeah eight fathoms, eight fathoms long mm. is really the peeping is not the concern at that point.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's pretty impressive. Um <laughs> I'm not sure if this next bit is actually salient to our discussion. It's just like does Wani mean crocodile? Does it mean fish?
0: Um <laughs> <laughs> just discussing
3: the um
2: the cheating of the wani and yeah and that pertains to the previous stories uh, we'll, we'll just skip that mm. yeah uh, uh same uh, kind of thing with that wow yeah uh i'll just repeat yeah. this part because it's crazy uh, yeah <laughs> crazy isn't awesome sorry that your- mm-hmm. said crazy um the Nihongi, likewise, uses Wani several times as a proper name. Um, for example, a mountain pass called Wani acclivity," um, And twice in the word Kumawani, so the bear shark crocodile. <laughs> well, the <shark's>, the <laughs> mythical sea god, <laughs> Kukoshiro Nishinokami, is described as a Yahiro no Kumowani, an eight-fathom bear crocodile. The epithet bear means strong as a bear. So they're basically just saying that it was a crazy strong, huge crocodile.
3: Shark. Yeah. Is is Japan the actual originator of the the bear arms trope where you got right to bear arms, you have the right to have these big strong arms. Um
2: <laughs> probably because another yeah. is that Kotoshiro Nishinokami, having become transformed into an eight-fathom bear sea monster, had intercourse with Mizu Mizu of the island Mishima, or as some call her, Tamakushihime and had a child by her named Himetatara uh, Isuzu-Hime no Mikoto, who became the Empress of Emperor blah blah blah. All right, um, yeah, uh, yep, wow, doing the same thing the next one, just about,
1: <laughs> yeah, conflicting them with giant, team ninja, team ninja, team ninja. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm making a plea to you right now <laughs> i i need a bear crocodile to fight in neo, neo 2. 2 yeah yeah <laughs> I, I, I want it i yeah <laughs> yes i want it i think the fans want it yeah. i hope that you're working oh, yeah. on on something appropriate because <laughs>
0: uh, well, no, they have 100 um, uh,
2: yokai to deal with and they only covered like
0: uh 840? yeah yeah
2: I don't even think it yep.
3: was a small one. It was a relatively small number, um, <laughs> the, the rest of this just seems to be discussion no. on the different uses of the term Wani in Japanese historical mythological texts. <laughs> um, Some arguments that is actually the, the Chinese lung dragon. uh, <laughs> Stuff like I
0: mean, that. And it's talking uh, about
2: the Korean version.
0: Um, mm. then the Indian
2: uh, Naga king yep. as well. So it's yeah. basically just showing this as more of a well, an Asian um, uh, centric myth. Yeah, model, uh, which is which is. Cool. Mm. Um,
3: I don't. Yeah, see anything else. your eight fathom long bear shark crocodile. <laughs> Why not?
2: Well, here's a, <laughs> I guess a summation at the at the <laughs> the bottom where, um. They are dispute the these scholars are disputing these origins and saying the Wani mm. is really the Chinese dragon and is providing evidence mm. uh, about that where it transferred to China um, from there to Korea and then Japan, um, mm-hmm. but there is no proof that it originally um, that it originated with the uh, Indian naga um, mm. or the um, another scholars. <clears throat> saying that the Wani or Crocodile thus introduced from India via Indonesia is really that they're basically just reversing Mm -hmm. it. Um, And yeah, that's Mm. uh, that's it. (laughs) There's not really any any other one. So basically, it's a we've concluded that it's the bear, bear crocodile, bear shark.
3: Yeah, (laughs) big big bear shark crocodile thing. It's huge. Eight fathoms. Eight fathoms. It's Eight so fathoms.
1: Big. That, is a, that is a recurring <laughs> thing and hates being peaked.
3: Don't,
1: yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't look at it. <laughs> don't you dare look at me. Just ignore the giant crocodile. <laughs> like the oh my God.
2: Room, way bigger.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, the bear shark crocodile. Yeah, in why the why room. don't we use this? Yeah. The crocodile. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds like something that should be a saying here. It honestly, should be, that's more <laughs> scarier. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even have any any elephants. We got sharks and crocodiles. We don't really have bears. I guess we have koalas. I know entirely different branch of mammals. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I see you. Z- I see you, zoologist, leaving a negative iTunes review. Um. <laughs>
2: eight, eight fathom koala.
3: No. Oh. <laughs> Angry. (laughs) (laughs) See that—that's a Kaiju movie. I'd actually like to see. (laughs) 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 Just got to deal with like the three hours of destruction a day, and then it falls asleep for (laughs) twenty-one hours, and it wakes up really pissed (laughs) off about it.
1: Needs its fix.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um. Anyway, I guess that was yokai of the week. (laughs)
0: Da, bum, da, da, da. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. <laughs>
3: All
2: right. I already forgot what we we're supposed to be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're talking yeah. about the magical dead. Yeah. The, dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the new Sailor Moon villain. <laughs> no that was the well there was that that description of the sailor moon transformation <laughs> uh, what was it it was like shining princess immaculate yeah. princess That's i was like le-
3: luxuriant jewel princess <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> like wow that very I, modest very yeah. modest yeah I'm I'm assuming that's like a literal translation of the it movie, a, a, all, all the names.
2: Yeah, yeah. they're just yeah, the, they're just doing the the translation, which is weird. They should have just left Toyotamahimi, or put that, that yeah into the the first instance.
0: Mm. Yeah,
3: it was the same. God. thing with I, I really hope no one husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hope no one literally translates my name like a historian in a thousand years like oh there's this guy called broken nose black hill lives in <laughs> australia did a podcast
1: oh oh broken nose i haven't heard that name in a long time
2: i'm gonna put that in your profile
1: yes Stuart, please
3: uh um Anyway, I guess I, w- I was slated to um, discuss my piece of media first, so why not? Um, <laughs> Fear of hue. Fear of No, so uh, I watched, and I believe Dave also actually watched, Fear of Hue, The Bargeist, which is a short, and when I say short, I mean very short, it's about 20, 25 minutes long, uh, film that was written, filmed, and directed by one man, Curtis Woodside. Um, it was filmed in a single day, apparently. Uh, and is a sequel to a short story written by someone called, uh, not someone, called someone named Nikki Torch. I should, I should speak English properly, you know, whatever. Um,
0: right.
3: <laughs> uh, it, it's already, it's already. Uh, um, so, so beware of spoilers for this, for this niche indie horror film that I'm about <laughs> to talk to you about. But, Actually, no. Pause the episode. Guess what? It's free on YouTube. The director released it on there. I believe that's his main way of monetizing this particular one. So go watch it. Yeah, it's oh, tw- it's twenty minutes of your time. The
2: original um, was mm. an audio format. Or it was narrated by. Um, now I've, I've forgotten his name.
3: Daniel Radcliffe, uh, I think yes, it was Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Which really, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, he's been working <laughs> with the um, the new like Hammer House of Horror.
1: Um, oh right films. ever since woman in black yes right mm,
3: yeah man i remember that film i watched that on a plane at like 3 a.m <laughs> it was Hard an interesting cut. time yeah yeah can <laughs> the,
2: the sequel wasn't that great either
3: i did not watch the sequel um <laughs> yeah fair uh anyway we're, we're not here to discuss daniel radcliffe um, movie. or his slow descent into madness, because the only thing I know about him is the, the pictures on Twitter, like a week ago, where he's in a bathrobe with a gun, just yelling in the rain. So I don't know what was up with that. <laughs> no, I've got to go look that, up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just such... Yeah, such Daniel Radcliffe, whatever. Don't, D- Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe whatever. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll probably show it up, to be honest. <laughs> um... Anyway, back on track. <laughs> this is this is a sequel to that original film narrated by Daniel Ratcliffe. Amazing, wonderful job, Dan. Love it. Haven't seen it. I probably won't. Um so this is the story of a young of a young American woman who buys a long abandoned British home because, you know, gotta, gotta get into that British culture. Uh <laughs> and she, she says, gets too <laughs> deep. Yeah. <laughs> And she gets too deep into the British culture. Um, <laughs> because Lonely the house is haunted. Oh, yeah. That's her fatal mistake. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, no, her fatal mistake in this film is that she made tea for her neighbor and left the tea bags in the cup. Which, uh, I'm sure Patty's going to give us a comment at this point point, say, no, that's a terrible thing to do and she should have been eaten by a ghost. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fate was seen. yeah. Uh, she she... Uh, <laughs> famous sealed. uh yeah (laughs) she she um she doesn't initially know about any of these rumors she just bought the house and all my text has changed oh god okay that's good i had i have notes and i touched my mouse for like a millimeter and then all the text went up like five sizes and turned blue it was really weird (laughs) um (laughs) anyway she meets her neighbor, learns that, oh, the reason the house was never bought is because it's haunted by the bar guys. Oh, you skipped so... something. You I did already skip something,
2: didn't I? The five-minute intro of her oh, of course. slow-mo walking yeah. and being walking. the person ever. It was pretty good.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so it was she good. So the she... hat. I was so going to draw that for the oh, yeah.
2: podcast cover. <laughs> draw okay. the hat. It was really good. Very stylish. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, like, pulls the four auction slash four sale sign off the large broad iron gauge, just throws it behind her. Just Yeah, it's it It's seriously like a good four or five minutes, it feels like, of her just strutting down this gravel path to the front of the house in heels, which is yeah, an
1: impressive film.
3: which is an impressive journey. I've Yeah, it's, it's not an amazing film, but it was all right. You won't lose anything by watching it. Well, Except twenty minutes. Intro. Just watch the first part. Yeah, it's really
0: good.
2: <laughs> it's good yeah, There's some crazy background music going on, and she's just strutting. She's strutting mm. through the yard. Oh yeah, and it takes five minutes. Oh yeah, and the camera angles are mm. doing like Silent Hill on you, and just going upside down.
3: Yeah, all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. He used yeah. All anyway, she you know doing the
2: first part of the film.
3: Well, yeah. Apparently, they just filmed for like eleven hours straight, and just, that was the entire <laughs> film shot. So, I'm assuming they did that at the start.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're tired now. Let's do the rest of it. Just do some interior shots. Yeah. Done. Mm. Anyway, go ahead. So,
3: yeah, yeah. So she finds out from a from a neighbor that the house is meant to be haunted by either a bargeist. Or the spirit of the previous owner. No one's exactly sure, but it's definitely haunted. Ooh, and then, then he was like, "Well, I don't actually believe any of that. My grandma's just going crazy and keeps saying that." Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> How old is her grandmother? Well, because she totally says it's a, mm. the, the guy that lived in the house was someone, or no, I don't know if it was a guy, but the last person that owned the house it mm. was it was, a, it was a
3: guy, ago. yeah. So Yeah, so it's and her grandma knew him. Is
2: her, and her? Yeah, her <laughs> still alive? Is she alive? What's going on? I was concerned
3: with that. Who knows? I mean. it's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Maybe she's also part of the ghost issue.
1: Um, it's but... it's all that British <laughs> gossip that d- yeah. Oh, see, you see the old, uh, uh, old estate over there haunted. Yeah, I, mm. I'm I'm like here for five weeks doing some work. <laughs> just, just know it's haunted. No, no, it's I mean, no talk. I Maybe mean, I
2: mean, the hundred years is like a euphemism.
1: Yeah, <laughs> probably.
3: Right, it was actually like to... ten months ago. To... Um
2: where's Matt? I need Matt to explain this hundred years. <laughs> what does that really mean?
3: Matt? <laughs> How long is a hundred years in British time? <laughs> <laughs> None of us know. We're all colonists. <laughs> That's right. Oh We're god. Um colonies. yeah. So um yeah, I mean same. <laughs> Uh, the queen is still legally my queen. So I don't know what's going on with all you over there. Rejecting we, the rightful rulership.
2: We, we can't answer that. Don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. No, no. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so here, here's the rumors like, Oh, the house is haunted, but she's like, Yeah, oh, it's just an old house. Uh, there is a lovely giant oil painting of the house's previous owner, uh, sitting in a large chair with a large black dog by his side. Um, The dog later disappears from the painting, of course, because that's spooky. Ooh. Oh. That that was the bar guys just watching hidden inside a painting. Ooh. Um. (laughs) Um, yeah. And things start to get spooky as she spends more time alone in the house after dark as your, (laughs) as is your standard for any horror movie, but we're doing this super fast because this is a very short indie film. So, so the span of a minute and a half, all these spooky things start happening. The lights go out, the candles get repeatedly blown out, and then the ghost licks her because the ghost is really creepy. <laughs> 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 Which it's, it's just a because they, they had two actors and the director, but they had three characters because the ghost is a character. So it's just a faded out shot of the director like leaning in to lick the actress on the cheek, and it's really weird.
2: <laughs> just really, really
0: want like,
3: to make sure that scene is uh, included. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, Here's
2: the it's It was I a necessary look. scene. Just like no, just <laughs> do that? we'll just do that in post. You know.
3: we'll yeah, like yeah, pose. yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, I watched all the. I watched the behind-the-scenes stuff they did as well, and they all seemed to know each other very well and having good fun. So it was probably not as creepy as it turned out in the final film, or it could <laughs> okay, have been exactly as creepy as it turned out. But yeah, uh, who knows? Creepy. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that that bit genuinely like not not gross me out, but like just kind of uh, reaction, which is a good start in a horror film. So we would go, we would go in places. Um, oh, shush, cat, shush. Sorry, my cat's yelling. She wants to get out. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, you know, getting ready for bed, she looks outside, and we get this. I Actually, kind of really like this shot because it's looking out into this abandoned yard, and there is this very blurry, dark shape with these burning red eyes in roughly the shape of a big dog. You know, it freaks her out. She looks away. She looks back, and oh, it's gone. But I don't, something about the, that particular angle was uh was really good for me. Oh, that Matts good. just chimed in through through the Discord. A hundred years is approximately twenty-five years,
0: yeah, apparently. That so that's me. good to know. That works. Out yeah. Out. Yeah, you yeah. picked
2: a, a good good. It's, like, it's not an Afghan hound, but it's very like long. Mm. And, like, the dog is a long yeah.
3: dog. Yeah, it's, it's a, a long dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not long like
2: a, a dachshund, but like I
3: don't no, know. no, it's like, l- lanky, like lanky. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's very, I don't know. It's <laughs> oh,
0: shush cat, shush.
3: They can all hear you now. You're on the podcast now. You're an embarrassment. she was was just (laughs) chiming in about the long dog yeah well she she's actually unhappy because we've got our own bargeist in the house this week because we're dog sitting so we've got a we've got a big black dog in the house which did actually spook me more than the film itself because halfway through the film it jumped on the bed next to me (laughs) (laughs) really got me there (laughs) um but yeah you know, she goes to bed. She going to bed. She takes a photo, sends it off to her husband, who's off in the US doing business things because they were rich enough to just buy a house in the, in the UK for no particular reason other than they wanted to be part of the UK culture. Yeah. Um, and it's
2: a it's a big house. Yeah. I don't think we covered that. Large oh hall. yeah,
3: yeah. It is like a a mansion style house, to be honest. Um, so. I'm not doing a good job of getting me to empathize with the main character but i
2: just wanted her hat
3: oh what it's did? such a good hat it's a good hat <laughs> we started Kickstarter. get dave a nice hat <laughs>
2: maybe those glasses too just give me that mm. whole ensemble
0: <laughs>
3: oh yeah big, big house yeah <laughs> lofty podcast goals that's right if you sponsor us that's what your money will be going towards hats for dave that's right um, i'll even i'll even <laughs> take a
2: picture of it of me in yeah your reward <laughs> <laughs> seeing me in this yeah
3: that. Mm. um anyway she goes to sleep she wakes up in the night she's having some hallucinations she's hearing things she like, writing in black paint all over her arms that as soon as she starts washing, she sort of has a shock and then, like, looks down like, oh, I'm not covered in black ink saying I see you. All, all those kinds of threatening things. Um, you know, goes and gets the neighbor. The neighbor comes back. And is like, there's nothing here. Nothing's wrong at all. Um, <laughs> and then it all starts going wrong. Cat. Cat, Why? Please, I just want to record a podcast. Why are you so anxious? Why are you you so It's all going wrong. It's all going wrong. That's exactly correct. <laughs> That's why. Um, yeah, you you know, at at this point, it's she's sort of pressing the neighbor for more information. The neighbor's like, look, I don't believe any of it, but they say that the that the bar guys that haunts the house is actually the ghost of the old owner who's looking for someone to replace his wife who died in childbirth. Add more tragedy, add more spook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at which point we actually see like the shadow of a man holding a candle, like lean over a banister and we get the I see you thing again and it starts to like, transform like the shadow transforms into it. it's interesting because there's clearly nothing casting the shadows so this is like the bargeist moving around how it moves around the house is like through shadows apparently it just walks along the walls and things like that which is actually a kind of cool idea mm. um yeah and you know we're getting bloody paw prints on the floor um it appears to invisibly attack scarlet she suddenly suffers a great deal of donald pain and there's a big bloody paw print on her shirt uh, the neighbor helps her up. They go to run outside. They open the door. There's a giant, creepy black dog. So close the door. Where can we go? Let's go to the cellar. Oh, um,
0: <laughs>
3: They attempt to hide in the cellar. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I've got I've got a two line summary here. They attempt to hide in the cellar, but are found by the bar ghost. What becomes of the neighbor is unknown. But Scarlet later appears in the painting, heavily pregnant, alongside Henry, who is the old owner. Um, and that that's the end of the film. Uh, it's real creepy ghost dog murder assault film in that way. Um, it is, it is interesting. It's very definitely an indie film. Like it's shot all shaky cam because they didn't have a tripod to shoot with. Um, <laughs> and the focus is weird and the sound levels are weird, but I enjoyed it sort of on a level. It was just something different for a change. Um and their bargeist as a creature actually really closely aligns to the original uh, black dog myths of the UK. Um, the malevolent ones are often called a bargeist or a shuck, uh, And those are malign shapeshifters, which like to appear as black dogs and sort of violently defend the areas where they are haunting. Um, they will attack people. They'll leave marks on their bodies, like the bloodied paw print, paw print stuff like that. Uh, they use illusions and hallucinations like the writing on the walls, on her skin, the whispering, all the kinds of things. So I think it was, it wasn't an amazing film, but it was a really, really good portrayal of a bargeist, especially given they shot it in one day and presumably didn't spend much more doing post-production work. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that's a, uh, that's a me. <laughs> And that was Fear of the Hue, Fear yeah, when. Bargeist, um, Fear which is interesting. Why? Where? Where? Where exactly the, did the Hue fit in?
3: Uh, that Fear of Hue was the name of the initial short story. That this is a sequel to. Okay. So I'm assuming that's explained in that. This this is just Fear of Hue, subtitled the Bargeist. There we go. So this is yeah. I, I have no idea. I looked up, I tried to look up fear of Hugh" in Wikipedia and all it gave me was chromophobia. So uh, I looked it up and it
2: was pictures of Hugh Grant, but.
1: Uh. <laughs> oh uh, dear. No more nodding Hill. No more nodding Hill. <laughs> Please officer. <laughs> no more. <laughs> uh, all right, um, and I guess it's my turn um, where I will be talking, wow, I'm just going to talk about myself in the third person for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> just so everybody knows. <laughs> and so yeah. Leonard then began talking about H.P. Lovecraft's The Outsider. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a uh, an, an, an incredibly short 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 story written mm-hmm. by HP Lovecraft, uh, that was written between March and August of 1921 and was first published in Weird Tales in April of 1926. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh interesting in that uh it's it's uh probably the most uh, Edgar Allan Poe esque of mm. uh lovecraft's writing um in fact uh he he says that it it most he said in a letter that it was uh deliberately uh, uh most closely resembled the style of his idol uh, Edgar Allan Poe mm. uh writing that it represents my literal thought uh, literal though unconscious imitation of Poe at its very height um, um, which is interesting because I think we uh, for uh, uh, for those familiar with the story and how familiar are all uh, both the two of you with
3: The Outsider um, I probably read it at one point but it has completely left my brain because that was definitely like 10 years ago
0: <laughs> yeah
3: same i mean i remember okay
2: the 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 twist the turn the end of the, the thing
0: I right remember that part of it um i didn't remember, yes like, it is it is
1: it. <laughs> it is very uh very poe-esque in in its uh in its uh writing style um and so the outsider is uh, written in uh the first person perspective uh, mm-hmm. from uh uh from the narrator uh and basically details his bizarre miserable lonely existence um he's never seen actually uh interesting it, it's safe to assume uh gender I suppose Mm. with this Uh, 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 it's written from, from the masculine, Um, but Mm. he's never met another person. He lives in this decrepit castle that's surrounded by this dense forest that blocks out all moonlight and sunlight. Um, He has uh, doesn't remember who he is, uh, has a library full of books a, like aged decrepit books and basically spends all of his time moping around this castle being very very unhappy that uh that he's not in contact with mm. uh with anyone else um uh it is also uh worth mentioning that his only knowledge of the outside world comes from the books that line the wall of the castle yeah um so eventually he gets tired of this uh really kind of awful barren uh living situation and decides to make a break for it and uh goes to the highest tower in the castle and begins making an ascent to the top uh eventually uh the stairs give way, uh, crumbled and destroyed. And he begins to actually scale the interior wall of the tower until he comes upon a, uh, trap door in the ceiling, Mm -hmm. uh, which is locked. But that determination, uh, gives him the strength to yank it down open and climb out. And instead of, uh, being at the top of the tower, he finds himself uh, ground level in in a completely different place uh, that uh, turns out to be uh, a church yard. Mm-hmm. Um, and is overcome with emotion, uh, having finally escaped his prison and, and sees the moon and uh takes in his new surroundings and is very, very happy uh, mm-hmm. to to be out. Um and then bes- uh leaves the uh the churchyard and starts uh traveling the countryside until he comes upon a castle which he finds maddeningly familiar uh and there appears to be a uh a party going on, and uh, because he needs that human contact so much, he climbs through a window, and makes his way to the center of the party, and as soon as uh, the guests uh, uh, see him, they are, at least as soon as he enters the room, they scream and flee, Mm -hmm from the room uh covering their eyes uh like like mad stampede out and uh and the, all the lights go out you know it's one of those situations where uh, everybody leaves the room and all the candles somehow magically just blow out um mm-hmm. and senses a presence in an alcove and goes to investigate and uh sees this hideous, like, decaying Mm. corpse that is uh, uh, so horrific that it causes him to lose his balance and fall towards it. And uh, he touches it and quickly flees the, the mansion himself. And the story ends with him describing how he now kind of rides the, the uh rides the night with other ghouls and monstrosities uh, uh, of the night because when he fell forward and touched the creature, there was nothing but a polished mirror, uh, mm. which is the the twist. The twist is yeah. that, yeah, he was in fact the uh, the ghoul. yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, uh, Outsider is really interesting because it, it falls into that, uh, that kind of weird zombie cat, uh, zo- I, I'm, I'm using zombie as an overarching mm. term, but yeah. that category of, of the, the dead that doesn't realize that they're dead and, mm because they have no point of reference uh, in their previous existence or, or their new existence, they are incapable of, of, of realizing it, um, mm. until, uh, until M. Night Shyamalan tells, tells you that it's time for you to realize that you've been dead the entire time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so, uh another interesting thing uh I find about uh The Outsider is that it only really makes uh a reference to one other uh uh Lovecraft story and that's actually in one of the ancient books in the mm-hmm. library um it references uh Nephron Ka uh which is mentioned in the who is mentioned in the Haunter of the Dark as the pharaoh who built uh, a temple with a windowless crypt to the shining trapezahedron um, okay. yeah uh, and did uh and did quote uh uh that which caused his name to be stricken from all monuments and records so oh. it's loosely loosely based uh on on uh uh or uh, loosely attached to um his his Cthulhu mythos but uh mm. is really basically just a standalone story about uh loneliness and isolation and yeah. um it once again it's it's very Poe in in it there's uh there's nary a bit of actual cosmic horror in it it's all kind of like uh it's a very uh human experience for a Lovecraft quote unquote horror story Mm, um, definitely
3: much different to his normal work
1: yes um and uh it is uh i think it's 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 some some regarded as one of his his best horror stories i wouldn't mm. go that far but i i definitely uh find it a nice uh palette cleanse for somebody who's been reading a lot of lovecraft's uh cosmic horror stuff and wants something a little uh uh brisk and 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 something a little closer to home yeah uh, <laughs> a little a little a little less purple prosy but mm. don't get me wrong there's some purple pros in here but oh of course uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and and that's the outsider for me, yeah, cool.
3: I do like that, um, that very different focus sort of, you know, it's not this grand design. It's not, you know, Cthulhu is awakening all the artists are going nuts. It's just like, no, who am I? Why am I here? Oh God. Oh God. Yes.
0: Um, Yes. It's a, it's a,
1: it's a shockingly personal story that Mm -hmm. has like no further implications other than the story that it tells. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool i could to reread that soon.
3: <laughs> Been ages since I read that.
1: Um and Dave, I think, uh I think we've made it to you. Mm. you mean now? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, we
2: may hear you. Later. Um as I mentioned I took a mm-hmm. look at the film uh, The Monster Club. So this is a yes released in nineteen eighty one and um it stars vincent price and john carradine it's an anthology film so it's three okay three short stories as well as the the main sort of story that it's uh wrapped uh, wrapped up in i don't know how you want to wrapped around
0: uh, uh,
2: A framing device <laughs> yeah yeah so uh <laughs> we have the the author of these short stories so, so the the movie itself is based upon mm-hmm. the works of arch Chetwin hayes and the mm-hmm. the main character in the film uh is a version of arch at hayes um played by john okay Carradine. so basically all right it, it, it starts out with um uh john Carradine. uh walking the i guess he's in london he's walking the streets of london theoretically um at night and Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. he is accosted by the vampiric vincent price who's just chewing scenery (laughs) um, as he does and (laughs) uh he he portrays a vampire named erasmus and erasmus Mm -hmm. he's like starving but not bloodthirsty, so this mm. is a very, like, genteel uh, vampire. And he basically just asks mm. uh, Chetwin Hayes um, to, to if, he could, if he could spare a bit of blood, as it were. And um, <laughs> he, he takes a little snack, and in um, compensation, uh, which is something strange, in compensation for that donation, mm. um, he agrees to, or not agrees, but he, he says he'll show our Chetwin Hayes, like, to a cool club that he would like. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a little weird. It's like, yeah, thanks for the blood. Let me show you this cool club where my buddies hang out. They would love you, and you'll love the club. It's great. Um, <laughs> So he takes them to the club, and uh they're just hanging out and sitting at a table by the wall, um, sort of in the back of the club, uh it's it's a nightclub and there's musical performances there's a a live band or i guess it's a rotating so there's a few live bands that are playing um and and these live bands actually are real world bands Mm. so that was interesting uh yeah the music was not super great uh ub <laughs> a popular band, uh, did the soundtrack for quite a few portions of the film, but they they weren't available to actually be in the film. Um, however, bands such as The Viewers and The Pretty Things and the rock band mm. might um, perform some tracks. And what they did was they, uh, they used the musical tracks as interludes in between each of the stories. So Erasmus is regaling... Um, Uh, Mr. Chetwind uh, with stories of monsters he's just Mm. telling them for giggles I guess (laughs) there's not really any reason Um, however there is uh, in the little club that they're sitting in at that booth there's a it's not a family it's a genealogy genealogical Mm -hmm. tree Uh, so there's a a little poster on the wall and it has little pictures of like at the top it's a um, uh, a vampire, a werewolf, and a ghoul. And it's a mm. dissension tree. So if a mm. vampire and a uh, werewolf have a child, um, I don't remember. It's a, it, There's weird names for all of them. It's like a vamp wolf or something. Uh, and then <laughs> there's the, the ghoul. So it's. It, it's and if a. Uh, a vampire, mm. and a ghoul have a child. Um, it's a Vam-Goo. I remember that one. This is weird. Uh, <laughs> again, if it's the werewolf and the ghoul, so et cetera, they basically do that tree, any, any combination of those monsters, so mm. so on and so forth. And then if those have a child with a human, it, it turns into a specific um, other creature. So it's pretty neat. Um, that part was theoretically... Theoretically, it was practically (laughs) more interesting than some of Mm. them actually went on, um, as far as the stories are concerned. But uh, the the first installment was the shadmock. So a shadmock is a at the end of the that genealogical genealogy tree, whatever it's called. um, Mm They're basically mutts because they've been so watered down uh but if any of those yeah. offspring mate with one another like another type of that one the the end result is the shadmock it's the most bottom of the barrel um, mm. mutt i guess as he as he says that you could create um however uh that that being said it's still Probably the coolest monster (laughs) that is in this this story. (laughs) Uh, Basically, it just—it looks like a human. Like, there's no outward defining traits. Um, But what it's able to do is it whistles. Uh, It whistles, and if you hear that whistle, um, just as happenstance, it it creates like a terrible headache, Um, and even Hmm. other monsters like. Damages them, but if you're the if you're like the recipient of the whistle, like if it's whistling at you, uh, you Mm -hmm. melt, you dissolve. Oh, (laughs) it's okay. It's it's really (laughs) it's they did pretty good effects. It's pretty gross to show. um, I think it was a cat gets dissolved. the The Shadmok is um, Mm. for being a lower end monster. uh, He's pretty he's pretty set up. He has a a a nice. sort of mansion that he lives in by himself and has a, a bunch of uh, <laughs> treasures and, and money. Um, I don't, it doesn't imply that they're ill gotten gains. I think it's like inheritance. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, however, he's lonely mm. and he is just looking for like companionship. He's like a wife would be nice, but he's happy with just some friends, somebody that come around and hang out. Um, other monsters don't hang out with him too much because, they're not impervious to him just randomly whistling, <laughs> will just melt you. So. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have too many friends, uh, but a um, a pair of thieves get wind of his um, inheritance, and uh, it's a it's a boyfriend and girlfriend pair of thieves, and so the the <laughs> boyfriend tells his girlfriend to go. Um, cozy up to the Shadmok well they they think it's just a rich dude Um, just go cozy up Mm. to this guy and um, like fleece him for all of his money like we really just want you to get the codes to the safe because all of his goods are in Mm. a safe in his um, study but if you can't get them immediately you may have to just marry him (laughs) and then get the money later (laughs) so it's uh, it's they're playing a long game here (laughs) and uh, yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh uh eventually of course as this isn't a pleasant tale um it, it i guess pleasant for the Shadmok, um he ends up dating um the woman and she she finds the codes that like, he inadvertently shows her the codes to the safe because he's smitten with her and he he finds some um heirloom, uh. like ring to give her to propose uh, and she watches him, like, take it out of the safe. So she sees the codes, but there's no time that, that she's there by herself to, like, you know, go steal the money. And, yeah. And uh, so she has to wait until he holds this big soiree. It's, like, his engagement party and where he invites all of his family. So I guess he does have family. They just don't live with him. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a little weird
0: because
2: mm. um, there was a lot of people there, a lot of, a lot of monsters. Um but they're all wits a, co- of course, uh, it's a costume party, so everyone's hidden behind spooky masks. Um, yeah, yeah. And she, she's dancing with a couple of the guys, and she eventually slips away because it's, um, it's a big gala, and uh, goes to open the safe. Well, our our Mock buddy he um, notices her like absent and wonders where she's at, so he. Follows after her, he kind of figures it, sort of finds out that, you know, she's just trying to, she loves him for his money and not for him. And mm. uh, that makes the Shadmok sad. Yeah. So he gives her a, gives her a little whistle. <laughs> and it just, he can like, I guess, <laughs> target specific things. Doesn't just melt your body. You can just yeah. Like, you have a melted face now. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> melted face, she... Runs away and he just sits sad with his little treasures. Um, and, you know, the, the little tale ends with her um, fleeing back to her boyfriend who, um, he's, you know, she, I think they're like an apartment or something. So she arrives at the apartment, but she, like, goes and hides in the corner and he asks her what's wrong. Mm.
0: And
2: she's still wearing the costume mask and he pulls it off and her face is just slime. It was pretty gross, uh, and then of course it—he screams and it ends. So she got her just deserves. Don't go steal from a monster, folks. Didn't turn out well. <laughs> Even if
1: it's yeah. the, the little especially especially a monster that just has to whistle to make you melt, make mm. parts of you melt. Yeah. Although to be fair, once again they weren't aware. Yeah,
2: they just had some nature.
1: You know. From the beginning, then she could have been prepared for that melted phase.
2: Yeah, just wear some earplugs. Mm. I don't know how effective <laughs> they would be. <laughs> because it might not be like, yeah. specifically hearing the whistle. Right. Maybe just the whistle just hits you kind of like a banshee or something and it does its dirty mm. work. Uh, so there was that tale. That's the, the shad mock. And um, I thought that was probably the coolest idea. Mm um for for a monster um uh, there is a, a second short tale uh it's a vampire one um it was all right uh but it did have donald pleasance um portraying a vampire hunter so that was he cool. doesn't appear really <laughs> too often uh, in, in this sort of film um that one was just all right it was a little silly uh I guess then that brings us to our our last entry, and the one I was most interested in. Uh, This one is entitled The Ghouls, and it, um, this one is a uh, is a a B-grade like, horror movie director, um, and Mm -hmm, mm he's scouting for a location for his, his latest, greatest film, and um, his location? Scouter? Whatever the dude is that yeah. runs around and finds your locations. Um you know, he brings up a map and he's like, I looked at this place and this place and all you know, these areas and the director's just like, No, oh, this is trash. How how can we have a scary movie when, you know, this one you picked is has like power lines by it and this one's next to a um mm. five star hotel and you like that's great for us, but yeah. It's yeah. not great for the spooky movie we're going to do. <laughs> find somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, some half you know, dilapidated village. Yeah. We want some authenticity to our crappy movie. Um, so he sees on the map, a, a little village called, uh, Lovel. Um, in the, um, potentially it's a, I don't know if it's a real place, but it's, it's near Hillington in Norfolk. Mm. Um, so he decides <laughs> to take a little trip in his little fancy car. And, uh, Drives there by himself to scout it out, um, which I guess in any other time, this might have been a fine idea, but, uh, of course this was not a fine idea. Uh, he arrives and the, the village is shrouded in mist and, um, mm. uh, it's, it's a it's pretty, pretty neat, uh, little set piece that they created here though. If he was looking for a decrepit village, he found it. Um, this place oh, is yeah.
0: falling <laughs> apart,
2: the windows are boarded up, um, there's it's it's very small there's a few little homes and a little chapel um and the chapel has a a graveyard which all of the graves uh, like as he's driving in and kind of gets out of his car to see if anyone's around um all the graves are like dug up so it's just like all these unearthed empty graves mm-hmm. and um uh, yeah. he he runs in near he finds yeah. a little what they have is like an inn. It's, of course, abandoned looking, um, but he's, you know, walking around. He's just trying to see if there's someone that legally would um, prevent him from filming here or allow, you know, if they they needed to Mm. uh, acquire some rights to to film there. And he runs into the innkeep, um, who says that he can't film there or he needs the... um, Permission of the elders, but the elders aren't aren't there mm. now. Um, yeah. So he's like, okay, I'll just come back when they when they get here. You know, borrow your <laughs> phone, and he's like we don't, we don't we ain't got no phone. <laughs> There's no phone. Here. <laughs> and um, he's like, okay, well, I'll just come back later then. And uh, the guy's like, it's it's too dangerous. It's dark. It's gonna be dark soon. You just need to stay at the inn. Of course, mm. this place looks like it's. Well, it's falling apart. He's like, "I'm not staying here. I'm just, I'll just <laughs> pop back to the city, and then I'll come back tomorrow." And um, he goes, of course, to go outside, and well, what was apparently an abandoned village is full of like 40 people. So there's 40 uh, mm. decrepit-looking guys <laughs> wearing like weird hoods, just chilling out. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah, totally his car. Yeah, it's you know. Little typical village. And uh, he goes, of course, to start his car, doesn't start he pops the um the hood and the half of the wires are like all severed cool. in the engine and one of the smarmy looking villagers is like oh it's just them rats. There there's critters that just eat through anything. <laughs> and He's like, "No, you guys look like you you guys clearly cut these. This isn't rats chewing at the wires." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, looks like you got a terrible case of sabotage going on in your
0: engine.
2: Yeah, so he gets like ushered um in back into the uh inn. and by ushered I mean the entire population of the village like swarms and yeah. pushes him into the building and um they're like pulling mm. at him but super slowly so it's even more spooky. <laughs> so <laughs> he's just basically shut up in one of the, the the rooms up top until the elders arrive. And he's eventually greeted by uh the one uh normal ish villager. Uh, who turns out to be the, the mm-hmm. daughter of the innkeep, um, who is a, in her own words, a, a hume So she doesn't give any <laughs> more elaboration, um, but she speaks in, like, really strange, halting sentences. Um, basically just sounds like she's not had been educated. She's stuck here yeah. with all the villagers in their strange ways. <laughs> and um he he's basically trying to it's not really begging her um kind of yeah. make a deal with her saying that he'll he'll take her out of this place if, if she helps him escape, like he'll just take her with mm. him um because she seemed somewhat uh reasonable whereas everyone else is just like dirty and creepy looking she looks (laughs) (laughs) except for she's in Mm. like a um a nightgown in the middle of the day so he's confused about that and she tells Mm. him that um all the clothes they get uh they don't leave the village so everything they have is provided by the boxes Mm. and he's like the the boxes she's like yeah we get everything from boxes you know it's um our clothes (laughs) um (laughs) shoes, uh, food, everything. The boxes provided everything. And so he's a little bit uh, taken aback by this. And she, <laughs> um, she tells him that uh, there are no more boxes. They're all empty now. And she, of course, points out the window. Mm. And we get the little treat of seeing the graveyard um, ha- having been completely exhumed. And she's like, "Yeah, oh, the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing left. That's cool. And That's really cool. So he's like food came from the boxes she's like yeah there was great food from there like the best (laughs) feast or whatever and he's just like that's yeah that's not good uh so he convinces her to basically distract the village while he tries to make a break for it and he notices that um i guess this part's a little ambiguous because if they're if they're getting all their things from the boxes they would have to be able to go into the mm. churchyard uh but yeah. she he tells him that they can't go further than like the yard and so he makes a break for it and gets into the little chapel and um there's a uh it's a scepter i don't know what mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a it's a staff with a cross uh, cross at the top there's a specific name for hmm. it. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. It. Um, and he realizes that the ghouls, the little villagers, I guess, rather, um, are disturbed by it. And they can't approach um, if, if they see that um, cross. So he uses that basically to, like, hold them at bay uh, while he and the, the girl make for it and try to leave the village um mm-hmm. the problem arises when um although the, the the villagers can't approach directly um for like i don't know 10 meters or so um they kind of just mm. they do that thing where they kind of cover their eyes and and like shy <laughs> away from it like it's fire or something it's a, it's a pretty neat little, yeah yeah um, reaction cuz the whole village as a whole like will do that <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> um and when it's like 40 people doing that it's it's an interesting sight um but mm. what they do instead is they just throw rocks at them they have like <laughs> and they just throw rocks at, at distance they can, they can hit things um you know without having to worry about seeing the the cross or i guess its radius is very sh- short uh so on their on their flight out of the village, um, the the girl is unfortunately struck in the back um, by one of the rocks, and um, she's she's laying there, and it's like, they weren't that big of rocks. I don't think it would kill her, but uh, <laughs> she's like, this is just like my father takes out the rabbit. She's like, it, ba- it gets its back broken, and it can't move, and it's about to die. She's like, I'm like the rabbit. I'm going to die.
0: Mm. It's like, okay. Yeah.
2: I don't. No, I don't think it hit your spine. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she dies. Um, spoiler, she didn't make it. Mm. And yeah, uh, he 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 just keeps. He's like, I'll 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 send some help back for you. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go now. So he gets out to the highway and um, flags down a, a police car that he sees and jumps in the car and the the. There's like a procession like behind the car there's a another like a mm. large van or it's a it's a, not a van it's a fancy like a black um it's not a it's not a limo sort of like one whatever those there's a, mm. <laughs> a name for it. i can't think of it so <laughs> it's a i don't know fancy car and not a hearse uh, no it's not a hearse it's uh I don't really There's a specific name, like whatever the brand of that car is, is Rolls Royce. Ah. it's like a black Rolls Royce. Mm. Yeah, um, and behind yeah. it's like a big okay. man. And so he stops the 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 cop car stops for him, and he's like, "Just take me to this police station. Um, I got to report a crime or something." And they're like, "Okay, <laughs> sure." Or I don't think they talk. I think they just put him in the back of the car and mm. then the. Uh, whole little you realize it's a procession which kind of like makes a big u-turn and uh (laughs) drives back into the village he's like this is the wrong way this is the way to lowton or lowville um Mm. and the the cops are like yeah uh we 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 are the escort for the elders (laughs) as they go back to the village from out of town and um he gets uh like swamped by the villagers and they don't. They don't show the elders, unfortunately. Um, however, what this? Uh, oh, I guess I skipped a part. Um, when he's in the the cathedral before the girl shows up, mm. he finds a, a like a, a mummy, and it's a, like a desiccated corpse um, sitting over this sheaf of papers, and he he um, reads through like these like it's like a last will and testament kind of thing, and it's mm. the um, original. Uh, clergyman the pastor of the little cathedral um detailing how the village like one day he found um this like dirty disheveled thing like hanging out by the graveyard and um as as a as a good samaritan he you know took it inside and gave it a bath and cleaned it up and that was like as he's saying it's it's like the thing i should not have not have done um was you know give sucker to this (laughs) foul beast because he um found out like the next night they he he couldn't locate it and in Mm. the graveyard and it's just like chilling by a like an unearthed grave gnawing on some bones and um he's like well i guess that was a bad idea (laughs) to like take it in and um give it a home (laughs) and the The villagers, you know, chased it out, but, um, it came back and it brought with it, like, 20 other ghouls, and they ended up just, like, taking over the village. So he should, he's like, I should have killed it when I had the chance, but now I'm trapped in this Mm -hmm. church because it, uh, it won't go into the church, but I can't leave. So he, you know, just ends up dying of starvation, I guess, um, in the church, uh... But what was really cool, probably the best part of the film, was during this narration, um, they do a flashback, but it's not done in film. It's done through, like, illustration. So you're seeing a, a sort of a bunch oh. of, like, kind of cards. And they're all yeah. really yeah. well done, um, uh, like, pen and ink um, line art sketches.
0: Nice. Mm. But they look like That's old... That's really cool. Um,
2: old, like, not... Tracks, like religious sort of like sketches. Uh, oh okay. Know, oh yes. Bit, mm-hmm. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I thought that was probably the best best part of the movie was these sketches. Um <laughs> the sketch, I guess. Uh but yeah, the so the ghouls in this um are strange, like you normally see them in churchyards, but I guess they they are fronted by um crosses, which is strange because all of the graves had crosses on them so I don't know uh,
0: mm. what
2: the specific effect is. Maybe that one scepter was like a holy scepter, I don't know, it was gold.
3: So yeah, was maybe. Um, mm.
2: Or it has to be well it didn't have to be held by a person because the, the director guy when he's running out of the village like props it up against these trees so they get stuck behind him mm. and can't keep following him. So, I don't know. Um, they weren't like super tight on the lore. Uh however, yeah. Uh the 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 author, R. Chetwin Hayes, um, apparently expressed like distaste with the adaptations of his uh tales. So I might look into um tracking down his original short stories and, and kind of seeing how those compare and, and since they are individual mm. tales, um there might be more uh, lore implications or information um, aside from the ghouls, um, literally just digging up. It's interesting that they created a village for themselves where they, you know, dug up all these graves, clothe themselves in the the raiments of the dead, um, eat the bodies, mm-hmm. um, and then have some sort of hierarchy where the older ones are advanced enough um, to to have like people in the police force help them so there must be some way of some transmission of ghoul because if you can have the ghoul father and a regular mother um the 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 hume ghoul goo girl said her yeah yeah mother had gotten lost in the fog um and then (laughs) <laughs> Slept with the ghoul daddy, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Probably wasn't consensual <laughs> because she's immediately tossed mm-hmm. into the boxes um, to become a meal. Um, in, in the words of mm-hmm. the girl, so it was a very interesting story. Uh, and it probably at least visually, one of the better ones. Aside from um, the the village was cool, but the the makeup on the ghouls was kind of silly. I think they yeah. really blew their budget <laughs> on melting that lady's face <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Ooh, cool. But that was a uh, Monster Club, uh, and then I think that the, the the film ends on a kind of humorous note, sort of uh, with um, the uh, Chetwin Hayes um, character being inducted into the Monster Club. Um, as, uh, Erasmus, um, basically becomes his patron, um, into the club, he nominates mm-hmm. him and he's like, we don't have, a, or I guess what we need is, uh, a, a human, um, member of the club because, uh, they're arguably more monstrous <laughs> than any of us and he does like a five minute. Statement on like all the ways that humans kill each other, <laughs> magnificent, um, uh, weapons they've mm. created and, and methods of torture, and, and so on and so forth. And look at they they started from nothing, they have no fangs or claws, and yet they're causing so much like horrendous violence. Like, they're they're probably the best monsters of all, of course. And it uh sort of ends on another musical mm. note with a not great. <laughs> Uh, rock song <laughs> like the musical number yeah <laughs> um, but I guess it was an interesting choice of interlude in between each of the tales
0: yeah yeah that's cool
2: watch that
3: sometime
2: yeah <laughs> T- totally worth it just for uh, the, the sketches in mean, the ghoul story and then the chapter mm. pretty
1: Cool. yeah cool that was monster club because man the greatest monster of all oh yeah clearly i always really love when they 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 somehow that message gets kind of shoehorned into a movie in like the (laughs) last 15 minutes like yeah, oh, yeah. it's been this wacky, crazy romp with all these these different stories of different monsters, and then suddenly it's like, you, people, we need to have a talk. You're you're actually the monster, you know.
0: <laughs>
1: if you if you really think about it, you're
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're the greatest monster of all. And then rock song. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> and it,
2: was, um, it was done that way. Well, with the exception of the ghoul story, that one didn't have any redeeming qualities for the for the ghouls themselves. Um, but in the right the the, the Shadmock character, the monsters are like the um, sympathetic creature, like the the Shadmock. He's arguably sympathetic. Um, in the vampire story, it's definitely um, the vampire hunters who are put in the like the bad light um, in this, mm-hmm. uh, and the the vampires mm. just trying to live with his family um he's he was exiled from his home country where he was um originally a duke i think it or a lord or something um and he's he's now just uh he doesn't have a doesn't have a specific job that he tells but his his um human uh wife and his child um they're just like supportive of him um, in general and he's just like a he's just like a blue collar worker kind of guy just a good guy and yeah, mm. uh, okay. you know, he's just ends up being hunted, and he's like, "We gotta keep moving because these guys show up." And if he, he tells his son, "If you ever see anybody with a you know a little violin case, um, they're probably not going to mm-hmm. a concert, so you should watch out for the guys with the violin cases." <laughs>
0: so, so, it was a fun
2: little, fun little story, but um ultimately that mm. one was the the humor, and it was a little bit too much and a little bit too silly. But otherwise, yeah, it's a interesting little film. Like I said, I think probably the short stories might be, um, there might be more meat to those bones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, do we have, uh, Dave, do we have any feedback or emails this week? Um,
2: no, not that I'm aware of.
1: All right. Unless you guys said uh, something. Uh no. <laughs> no. No. Un, 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 uh, no, unfortunately. Although that's okay. Um uh, if you uh uh Dave, if people do have questions, comments, uh emails or suggestions, where can they uh get that information? Uh how can they get that to us?
2: To us. Um you can go through monster deer monster oh yeah it gets monster well just find us on monster deer com. that's the easiest way Mm. our emails should be available through there (laughs) um otherwise um you can dm um myself on twitter at Sentinel underscore plus or uh through mondy monster what's our (laughs) our twitter monster yeah that one um, I think I know what it is, but I always forget. Um, yeah, send us stuff we will we, we'll reply in kind. We're, mm. we're fun. We're a bunch of fun monsters.
1: <laughs> and uh, since we're t- we kind of transitioned into contact contact info, Cameron, where can people find you on the interwebs?
3: You can find me on Twitter at knight underscore twitten. That's knight without a K. Come talk to me. It it's, it's a nice, we're all part of a nice Twitter community. Everyone's so friendly and nice. And Jeremy showed us all a picture of bold Lady Maria. So now we have to crucify him. Um, but apart from that, we're a nice community.
1: <laughs> uh, Leonard, where can we find you and all your delicious works? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is dead. And you can also find me, uh, on YouTube at, uh, www.youtube.com backslash C backslash Dr. Faust is dead, uh, where I run a, uh, video game channel where I do narrative analysis and slowly work on, uh, comedy videos that I hope people will actually find funny. (laughs) Um, um, uh, yes, currently working on a new video that I hope to have up, uh, hopefully before the end of the weekend, if not mid, uh, midweek next week uh where i'll be talking about uh one of the short promotional films uh for uh Detroit become human <laughs> um and uh it'll be my first negative and <laughs> comedy review all all in one well, um
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um and yeah that's where you can find me um Guys, I wanna thank you for another uh great episode of Monster <laughs> Dear Monster and uh you viewers out there. Uh we also wanna uh share our appreciation for uh taking the time to listen about us ramble about uh weird yokai and <laughs> magical dead things. Uh and we hope that you will join us again. Uh, in two weeks Uh, thanks a lot bye